You're listening to the dollop. This is a bi uh, uh, podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to my friend. Kareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Go, go, go. Uh, That is the third time we've recorded the intro. And like, we had bits going. We did. Yeah, they were like, we, you know, two different times we had bits. They're all gone. And then now this third one is just like, we're out. <laughs> no more. God, you want to look at a dude? I'll do one buck. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gera. Is Dave okay? Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the tickling podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> um, David, as you know, ah, David, we're in the midst of uh, the two-week rollup, right. as uh, rever- people are calling it, the rollup, uh, reverse dollops, um, and we're in the thick of it. Yeah, and um, and we're doing these because uh, we're going on tour. Yeah, and so Gareth is picking up a little bit of the slack. Yeah, so shut up about it. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> dicks. Don't need your emails. <laughs> Don't need your Facebook posts. Um, but Dave, are you ready for another ride in Rollupland? I don't know why that happened. What? It's just it wasn't. I wouldn't. I don't Go want ahead. your notes while I'm... D- All right, fine. Here we go. Ready? I'm going to give notes during this whole Ready? thing. Ready? Bermuda, 1964. Oh, that's, that's just... I like to whisper it. It's the opposite. Come in hot. It's fun. You know what I mean? This is like when Trebek and Pat Sajak switch, and Sajak hosts Jeopardy, and Trebek hosts Wheel of Fortune. Okay. It's fun. Okay. It's fun. Pat's not comfortable having people answer in the form of a question. Alex is weird around the wheel. Anyway, Bermuda, 1964. The United States Navy had just completed and lowered the first Sea Lab 193 feet in the water. That's not very far. It's not. It's not an impressive distance. But, well, okay, so after conquering space, the U.S. was now conquering the ocean. So the Sea Lab was to be what it sounded like, a lab on the floor of the sea. But, yes, it's not an impressive distance. No, I'm not impressed at all. Right but they also, like... It's, so they, they're, putting like a, they're putting, like, a Winnebago on the bottom of the ocean. That's how I'm seeing it. Well, yeah, they're Thelma and Louising it, basically. Yeah. They just dr- they drove the Sea Lab off a cliff. Right. And then they're just submerged. And they're like, this is amazing! But they also... But they can't... I mean, they just can't go... They can't go... That low, they sh- I would Why love can't it. Can't keep going. Low? Put it super well, deep. They, but you'll, I, I mean, there's, the... because it's very complicated. Uh, like this is this is their first time they're sort of testing out what is this? What is it like to be a crustacean fairly close to shore? Okay, well that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> the Little Mermaid was. This is how the Little Mermaid started. Yeah, um, exactly. So uh, they they basically built an underwater home for four men who were going to live down there for thirty days straight. Uh, it's the man, be a great sitcom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't do a lot of entrances and exits though. It's no. just one. Uh, so they're going to live down there for thirty na- days straight. Uh, the man in charge inside of the Sea Lab was George F. Bond, whose nickname was Papa Topside. I'm sorry. His nickname was Papa Topside. Now, when you say Papa Topside, 
I'm assuming that means he likes to be up where uh, there's land. Yeah, or on no. The top of the Papa ship. was very uncomfortable in the sea lab. No, he's walking around going, I want to be on top. Papa, shut up. I'm topside toppy. Papa, want the topper. Let Papa to the topper. The nickname is at bottom of the ocean, Larry. <laughs> and bottom of the ocean, Larry's on land like, ah! <laughs> my life was leading up to this. There's been a mix up. <laughs> Um, so yeah, like I said, they're supposed to be down there for a month. Sadly, after 11 days, the four men were brought back up due to concerns over a tropical storm and what it would do to the lab and the sea astronauts. Fucking ride it out. I don't think that's fair. Ride it out. I don't think that's fair. Are you tough guys? I don't think that's fair. You want to conquer the sea, baby. No. You got to get ready for the storm. By the way, if you're down there, how happy are you when they pull the plug? Oh. You're like, oh, and I look like I was good. Oh, by the way, that was the worst idea ever. And Holy you know, hell, what an error. You know how the guys who go to the moon get a lot of attention? Not so much when Sweet you come to the bottom. Sweet God, of the I hate fish. All right. Um, so they were brought back up. Uh, a year later, though, the Navy was at it again, giving everyone what they love, a sequel uh, they were moving this one. This one was going to be on the coast of uh, California, right near La Jolla. Because less, less trop- there's not tropical storm situations. No. Yeah, which you think could have maybe factored into the thinking. Well, it's hard to early. think. Yeah. Um, they called this one, very creatively, C-Lab 2. Boom. So the first one is C-Lab. This is C-Lab 2. The deuce. I don't think anyone's comfortable with that. Um, this time, the lab would be lowered, uh, like I said, 205 feet. Oh, so they went... Uh... To, uh, eight eight feet deeper. One hundred ninety three was the first one. Uh, the first one that's, was that's, no. That's that's twelve. Yeah, one hundred ninety three feet. They went twelve yeah. deeper, so they're really fucking banging it. Yeah, they're going no, they hard. really yeah, they're yeah. really going hard, pushing it. Hey, gents, let's go twelve feet deeper, gentlemen. In a million years, we can reach five hundred feet. <laughs> Come on, take my hand to the future. Uh. Okay, so they dropped that baby down there. So they got that baby down there. The plan this time is to have two different teams spend 15 days down there each. So basically halfway through, they're going to swap, you know, they'll take those guys out, put another 15 down there, or another uh, four down there. Tag team scientists. Tag team. They were in wrestling uniforms. Uh, Now, the atmosphere they created down there was uh, 80% helium, 16% nitrogen, and 4% oxygen to compensate for the environmental change. That's like the gym I work out at. Are you sure? Where do you, Hel- go? do you go? Oh, you go to C-Labs? I go to Helium, C-Labs. Uh, helium, C-Labs. Yeah. C-Labs. Good. And where the abs is really like in big, bold letters. It's, C-Abs. It's something. Let's get those C-Abs going, guys. Get on your backs. Um, so the re- the pressure down there is seven times that of land. So a regular atmosphere, you know, um, well, you'd die. Uh, it was so intense and different that when you left the C-Lab, you had to spend 31 hours in a decompression chamber to adjust before going back to the land. So... Our atmosphere here would be a killer. So it really does down there feel like another planet, which is probably why they use so many astronauts. Um, there were many reasons for the C-Lab program. <laughs> what, do you like that? I just like the idea that they're going through astronauts. <laughs> yeah. We're going to need more astronauts. <laughs> we hate you guys on Earth. The bottom is hard. <laughs> uh, so the reason why they're down there uh, is they're looking to sal- they're looking for salvageable materials. They're also seeing how tools materials. how tools work down there, so, but mainly so they're looking, so they're looking for uh, like driftwood and shit that they can salvage. Well, there's other stuff, and we'll get into how that gets collected okay, in a second. Tools? But 
tools like, like different hammers and saws. Yeah, like screwdrivers, saws, you hammers, drills. The the ocean? Yeah, just a guy hammering on the glass of the sea lab. Gentlemen, <laughs> hammers are the same. No. <laughs> I'm good at sound effects. Um, like a Michael Winslow situation. It's they call some people call me the new Michael Winslow. Well, the Michael white, Winslow's called me that. White Winslow. Uh, the white w- Michael White slow. Yeah. Mm, nope, not happy with that. Um, so it was basically four astronauts picked to live in a lab underwater for 30 days. Now, Sea Lab 2 was like the original um, because it had what was known as a helium speech descrambler decompression room. So this is a room where they could make phone calls from. Now, the room actually used helium gas instead of nitrogen. <clears throat> So they replaced the nitrogen with helium. So there's a lot of helium in this room. Do we know why this was the room they could make phone calls from and not the other one? Well, this is the room with the phone. But they also, you know, because I'm pretty sure because of, like, they were worried that uh, they didn't want anybody to be able to intercept the phone call. Right. I mean, so they had. Because if Russia gets a hold of your, this is what happens 200 feet down. Sir, we have breaking news. They have lobsters down there. Big lobsters, okay? They find driftwood. They find driftwood, lobsters, and hammer. Work, hammer. hammer works same as on land. Oh. Okay? Everyone relax. Um, so, uh, like I said, there's two dudes splitting the time. Uh, there's uh, two sets of four dudes splitting the time down there. But one former astronaut, Commander Scott Carpenter, spent all 30 days down there. Uh, and he's a bit of a badass. So, at the end of it all, still underwater... Uh, Carpenter received a congratulatory call from President Lyndon B. Johnson, so he has to take it in this room where uh, it's mostly helium. So he, you know, he took... I, w- I spent uh, two minutes at the bottom of a pool, mm-hmm. and Obama called me. Dave, <laughs> yeah. yeah. super impressed. You found all the change that <laughs> the did. kids I threw. Got ever, all the coins. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, Lyndon B. Johnson gives him a call. So he's still, this call I'm going to play you is he's still at the bottom of the ocean. Um, there are some problems because the White House secretary and, um, you know, some, some dude in the Navy, they're trying to, like, link it up. And uh, there's a little confusion um, with this phone call. So I'm going to play it for okay. you. Okay. I'm ready for your phone call. This is Commander Carpenter on the line. Thank you. Uh, can I speak to Carpenter? Scott? Yes. Can you hear me, operator? Yes, we can. Now, Scott, will you speak, please? Yes. How do you hear me, operator? Uh, not too well, sir. Uh, ma'am, uh, do you think it's possible to hear our heavy-transmitter connection? I don't know. One, two, three, four, five, four, three, two, one. How do you hear that, operator? Yes, it is. 
I'm going to jump ahead a little. The president will understand. Okay, so. Holy <laughs> I mean. <laughs> so. I mean, that's just amazing. <laughs> it's they're so confused. Um, it's just uh, my favorite thing. Um, so. So, but okay. So, Sea Lab was also the time when the U.S. Navy and the government began to step up its relationship with animals and how they use them to their advantage. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't like where this is going don't at get, all. Don't get too worried. <laughs> I don't. Don't worry. Listen, I mean, we've all been you, bitten by the nim the chimp. Okay. I know, but when you bring in the military and animals, and it's just. Dolphins and sea lions had been used to detect mines and help with torpedo technology. Bobby. But now they could use them in more crucial roles as they were living in their world, which is where Bob Bailey entered. He was hired by the Navy in 1962 as the director of the U.S. Navy's animal training program. Until now, he'd mainly been working on dolphin communication, but now he's working more on training. Uh, in addition to conducting the research and developing programs for fleet systems using dolphins, seals, and sea lions. We have a seal right here. <laughs> hey, hey, seal. Oh, isn't he the best? Um... Bob immediately got to work and trained Tuffy, a Pacific white bottlenose dolphin. Sure. Tuffy was smart and picked up tasks easily. Bob used Tuffy to take tools to the men and also carry the men's mail up to land. I'm sorry? He's a little male dolphin. Uh, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Tuffy is like, I guess, like flipper based. Why do they have mail? <laughs> they're because they're down there writing letters. <laughs> you know, they're writing letters, man. Are they they're getting the, bills? 
Yeah, bills. Yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't have direct withdrawal and stuff like the that. They go out. They're like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Honey, I'm uh, going to send you the bill soon, hon. I'll get right up there when I can. I'm sending a dolphin to pay for the gas. Um, so uh, Bob got Tuffy to run drills. Way, this, this dolphin has a shit job. Yeah. Well, I mean, a yeah. fucking wild animal, and they're teaching it how to deliver mail. Yeah. Well, there's other stuff because they got him to run drills, um, like to help men if they got lost. Like basically, Tuffy would hear an alarm underwater near where one of the guys was outside a Sea Lab, and then Tuffy would dive down to the Sea Lab, and he would take a line from the Sea Lab, and he would run it out to whoever the you know the lost diver was. He wasn't really lost. It was a, a drill. But then he would attach it to the to the diver, help him attach it, and then they would pull the diver back in. Um, so these t- are like dolphin pranks where you just fucking with a dolphin. <laughs> yeah, it was punk for dolphins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tuffy also seemed to be fearless. Uh, and he actually was a bit of a perfectionist, getting visibly upset when the men would fail on their end of a mission. Totally reasonable. So he Get was... Get your shit together. <laughs> yeah, Sergeant Dolphin. You think I'm doing this for fucking fun? <laughs> <laughs> he's just walking around there and by the way no more mail okay he likes to yeah, smoke seriously. there's no more mail okay you get your shit together I get my shit together without Tuffy all you guys are doing is checking out how hammers and drills work you down here okay idiots don't forget who Tuffy is baby by the way Scott I banged your wife oh, oh! Tuffy <laughs> Tuffy the D another notch on the seaweed woo so um, there were some snags uh, when Bob was at the Navy training dolphins, like the one dolphin uh, who was supposed to save a man but came up an hour later with a huge grouper in its mouth like a cat with a mouse. <laughs> That's the best dolphin <laughs> That's, of all. Yeah, he's a, hey, he's a dolphin. Hey, check out what I found. <laughs> Yummy. Tuffy's behind him like, this dude ain't going to work out. Dude with his grouper. I got a fish. Oh, <laughs> they're all dice. <laughs> oh. Let me tell you what. Oh, how great would it be if we finally communicate with dolphins and they all talk, talk like Andy Dice Clay? Hey, we're looking to bang. Oh! Wait, what are they saying? Hey, stupid. You got a big dumb nose. Ow! They're, they're reaching their flippers around their head to eat fish, like the cigarette. Um, so this is not the first time that animals were being used on behalf of our armed forces. Sure. During the Second World War, B.F. Skinner was hired and created Project Orcon for the Army. Skinner was a psychologist and an author who invented the Skinner Box. Oh, I love the Skinner Box. <laughs> you lived in one in college, right? Yeah, I did. Uh, the Skinner Box, uh, which demonstrated the theory of operant conditioning. Basically, he would put a rat in a cage mm-hmm. with a pedal, and when the rat pressed the pedal, oh, yeah. a food pellet would drop. Now... So you just put the rat in the cage. Someday the rat's going to look at the pedal, hit the pedal, and a food pellet's going to come out. Well, over time, the rat will realize that if he presses the pedal, he gets the treat. So you now have a rat that, quote, learned a behavior followed by a reinforcing stimulus, which results in an increased probability of that behavior occurring again in the future. This is how we feed Finn. This is how I got fed. Right. Yeah. I still get fed like that. That's why I love my Skinner box. That's why you should be talking to a therapist. Thank you. Is there any? Is there an app that would help me? Good lord, I I I can't with you. Um, (laughs) BF's Project Orkin took this theory to quite a level. Skinner wanted Project Orkin to unorthodoxly guide bombs to its exact location. Oh boy! They were to use 
bat glide bombs, which were small gliders with wings and a tail with an explosive center and a guidance section in the nose that allowed it to be directed while it was in flight. So essentially, these would be warheads that had three lenses in the front of the bomb that would show on a screen mounted on pivots inside of the bomb what the front was seeing. In, in Project Orcon, inside the nose would be one to three pigeons. That would peck. Uh, well, uh, hold on. I'm going to have to back out a little bit. Could you repeat that? <laughs> so so in the bomb, there's like three screens. Uh-huh. And, and that shows what's going on outside. Inside the bomb, in this, in this project theory, um, there would be one to three pigeons inside Birds. of the bomb. That are, they, would, are they watching the TVs? <laughs> well, so their job is that they peck at the screen towards the location that they've been trained to find. Okay. So so they'd been trained with the theory of operant conditioning. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> I got an idea for a new bomb. Okay? Okay. So By the we, way, bombs are working pretty great. Yeah, I think uh, but I think I got a lot of good stuff. I think I got a way to be, make them be much more accurate. Okay? Yeah, I think all we're right, always so we open get some to TVs, hearing right? We put little tiny TVs inside of the bomb. Sorry, I'm going to actually flag that right away. Okay, hold on, but there's a reason. But I'm there's already a problem with that. Okay, That's... so we put little TVs in the bombs. Okay. And then we get birds, and we get birds. Are my hand's to, still up, and we it's. We get birds to just get, keep on pecking at them TV screens, and ba boom, goodbye, Iran. Um, yes, sir. Questions? I think we're just going to roll. Bird bombs! Okay. I don't know what can go wrong. Anyway, who wants more coke? Everyone? <laughs> Everyone want more cocaine? Hey, let's do ten pigeons. Dude, let's just do a bunch of pigeons inside. Oh, a bomb full of pigeons. <laughs> the dolphin comes in. Pigeons ain't got shit. Ow! <laughs> so so basically, these, these screens in there are yeah. on little... Um, they're like on little pivots. So... So as the bomb would be dropping, if it goes off course, since the pigeons had been trained that they were supposed to peck at the perfect spot, right. uh, so when they're inside the bomb and it's, and it's dropping, they'll peck at the screen and it'll move the angle of the bomb to where they're pecking, which is the, the target that they've picked out. The cool thing so the is, target would is remain is in the center the, of the when screen. When the hatch door opens up for them to get out, uh, they don't need parachutes. Right. They just the hatch away. door, right. Um, let me look over here. Because I know I... I know I read about it, and I just am not... the just sitting there going, when do we jump out? All right, our job's done. Okay. I think it's going to be a direct hit. And a jet. And there's no door. <laughs> there's no door. How did we get in here? Stupid, stupid. I mean, if there's three. Um, so, yeah, the target remains at the center. It, would, it wouldn't shift, but if the bomb is going off track, they follow it, they peck at the target, and it redirects it, moving it on its pivots. The National Defense Research Committee shut down the program after investing $25,000 in it and called sure. it very eccentric and impractical. Oh, fuck you. Skinner complained, quote... Pigeon haters. Skinner, Skinner complained, quote, Our problem is no one would take us seriously. <laughs> so, not sure why that is. You are correct. The reason I don't know people, what it was. The reason people weren't taking you seriously is because you had pigeons playing with TVs and bombs. I think it's that I wear loud ties. I also, think I got to wear muted tones. Also, pigeons and bombs playing with TVs. I'm going to go ahead and go tie shopping. Okay, also pigeons and bombs. What if pigeons were drivers okay. of cars? You're fired. I'm marrying a pigeon. Ooh, bread! Um... So, yeah, I'm not sure why that was. Anyway, so two of the younger people working with Skinner on this project were Keller Breland and his wife, Marion. 
Uh, they were psychology students who had soaked up a lot of good from BF and what he was doing. They did think, however, that the technique could be expanded and used in with animals in other ways. Sure. They even saw a way to make a business out of it. Put a pony in a nuke. Ponies are in tanks now. What are the main issues? Uh, sir, we cannot get the ponies out of the tanks. Build the tank around the pony. Sir, that does not help us with the main problem that the pony is going to be stuck in the tank and is only growing. Then unbuild the tank. Sir, there's another problem with the ponies in the tanks. Yes. They don't know how to use the tanks, sir. Oh, you have any TVs? Yes, sir. All right, problem solved. All right, we'll keep throwing TVs at this while we're building tanks around these horses, sir. Uh, so they, uh, so Marion and uh, Keller, they they moved uh, to the animal. They opened the Be animal behavioral enterprise oh. in uh, 1947. So they basically took Skinner's theories and they used them to make animals uh, kind of do human things for entertainment. So sure. You've heard it a million times. Is this the beginning of the circus? This is the circus start. Uh, no, the training would be the same, but it would involve behaviors that were not very natural to animals. So they also saw a way to make money off it. So, you know, obviously you're worried this is going to get evil. They were not. There's some red flags, but for the most part, they seem pretty humane because they were focused on rewarding behavior as opposed to punishing wrong behavior. So they rewarded good behavior, didn't punish wrong behavior. Um, okay. They began training, like you do with me. Uh, they began by training animals for General Mills. I don't think, I don't think that's true. No, that's not true. <laughs> if anyone saw our text thread, they'd be like, are you okay? What does he do to you? Okay, cunt, four it is. All right. We might have to do the other one Wednesday. So, such an idiot. I mean, no, I called you a failure. Failure, that was it. You just wrote failure. Um, so they began training animals for General Mills. Uh, the cereal company? General Mills, yep. Well, who? but at this, they, they're involved in tons of stuff. So yeah, this, yeah. they were using this to advertise their feed in stores. So they would hire trained chickens. Uh -huh. And the, uh, uh, the I'm gonna, AB... I'm going to hold up. I'm going to... Okay, trained chickens. Mm -hmm. There's a phrase you don't hear ever. Oh, you'll get used to it. <laughs> uh, they would send these chickens... Uh, all across the country, sure. and they would make sure they were show ready. So um, show ready, show ready. So the trick, the chickens are doing like little tricks, right? And like the people who like the p people are loving it. Like what, people are going to feed. What are they doing? Dancing, uh, flipping over. You'll hear some of the options for okay. what they could be doing, but yeah. Um, but then there was also like there was like Buck Bunny, uh, who uh, we all remember as the coin depositing bunny from the Coast Federal Savings Bank. Nope, we do not. Yeah, yeah we all remember Buck. Um, but this was really how, just the how tip. How do you have to torture a rabbit to make it put a coin in a slot? Well, I don't. It's very hard. It's hard to tell because. But I don't think it is. Look, I mean, I think it's like anything else. Like whenever you see an animal like on a set or anything, it's not ideal. And this is like the 50s. So surely, you know, there's yeah, oh yeah. people are not being as sweet as they should be. But. Uh, it see, I mean, it basically it seemed like these animals would go do a gig and then they would come back for the most part. Like I said, there's gonna be some red flags. Um, <laughs> but well, go ahead. No, I was gonna say probably wouldn't. We probably wouldn't be reading it if it all went well. If all the animals went off and came back. So soon they moved on to a plethora of other other animals. Um, they uh, and it really helped uh, with appearances on the animal. Uh, the animals mutual, were on Wild Kingdom and the Tonight Show. Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But those are all... 
Wait, what did you call it? I thought you were doing Mutual a bit. Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom? Butch of Omaha? Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom? No, just Wild Kingdom. Okay. Wild Kingdom. And The Tonight Show. What's what's? It's got to be the same thing. Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Mutual of Omaha was the sponsor, so it was called Mutual of Omaha. Oh, Wild Mutual Kingdom. of Omaha. But it was it was a nature show back then that everybody watched. That could like very well be Planet Earth. Uh, but we were all under the impression that we were watching uh, some actual shit happen out in the wild. Well, now I'm starting to think I, 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 I was being lied to. Perhaps, and I for sure know that, uh, that uh, Johnny Carson. He would not lie to you. Would not lie. Never. Uh, so they opened this place called the IQ Zoo. So the IQ Zoo was Skinner's operant conditioning theory in serious motion, uh, though he was not at all associated with it. It thrived in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and quickly became a top tourist attraction because of the show Keller and Marion put on. Fuck yeah. A visitor to the IQ Zoo could see a hen playing a hen-sized piano, while uh, another hen tap danced. Okay. Uh, already, I'm not interested. You don't want to be a part of it? <laughs> no, I don't well, Dave, what that. if I sold you on this? Because they're, they're not playing Beethoven. It's a binga, 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 binga. That's what, and the other one's just dancing because otherwise it'll get it'll get stabbed in the feet again. Okay. Well, what if I told you that there was a hen that laid fake wooden eggs from a prop nest, and whatever the num whatever number the audience called out, that's how many fake wooden eggs would be laid by the hen. Yeah, man. You're in. Okay, good. Yeah, let's do that. I'm gonna get you more. Um, <laughs> so it was really about. By the, the way, I- who thought that up? What that? The, the, that's a crazy fucking idea, dude. The, honestly, yeah, like it. I don't have any. I, I mean, the idea that this came to fruition is insane no, because yeah. the I don't know how. <laughs> I mean, who like you need a good partner to be like, yeah, I think a hand playing a piano is a good idea. Let's explore this far. Um, so it was really about the uh, reinforcement at the moment of behavior by giving the chicken a small amount of feed. So it's again, it's essentially what they what B.F. Skinner did in the Skinner box, right? right. So the pedal. Uh, is now the activity. So the more that they were trained, the longer they could sustain it until they were ready to perform. The acts proved to be unprecedented crowd stoppers at fairs and feed store open houses events where they played, showing to as many as 5,000 people in a day. Mike, Mike the chicken's still better. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I mean, come Mike. on. There was a chicken without a head. <laughs> don't so compete. I mean, I mean, don't compete. Can he play the piano? He, he didn't need to. He didn't what have did a he head. do? He, he fucking just... cruised around without a head. He just didn't have a head. Big deal. Spoiler. Wow. Um, But chickens were becoming so done at the IQ farm, so they unveiled their new star, Priscilla the Fastidious Pig. (laughs) Priscilla was a small pig. Pigs are super smart. Pigs are really smart. They're like one of the third or fourth smartest animals. Yeah, no, let's eat them. Uh, Priscilla was a small pig who would blow people's minds by turning the radio on. We don't need your fucking politics. I didn't say anything. That was a a, a sound drop. Priscilla was a small pig who would blow people's minds by turning the radio on, eat at a table like a human, pick up dirty clothes off the ground and throw Uh, them in her hamper, use a vacuum to clean the floor, select her favorite feed from a wide selection, and answer yes or no questions from the crowd by hitting a yes or no lever that would light up to the audience's amazement. Fuck off. Read the first one. Okay, the first one was that she she would turn the radio on. All right, that's easy. She would eat a meal at the table like a human. Now, what does that mean? They set up like a little table area. But with a, she she has fucking little pig. No, I think I I I don't think no, uh, I don't think a human is with forks and knives. Well, she's no, she's eating a meal at a table, very unpig like. So she's sitting on her pig ass, <laughs> eating. You with are her. Being, uh, you're still torturing the poor thing. <laughs> so. 
Okay, so she would eat at the table. She would pick up dirty clothes and then throw them in her hamper, which is the best part, that it's hers. Well, they're not hers because she doesn't wear clothes. Oh, she does her washing. Come on now. Uh, she would use a vacuum to clean the floor. So she's a slave. She's, well, she's, she's very a slave. She's a slave pig. OCD. OCD. No, it's nice. Let's have a slave pig. Uh, she would select her favorite feed from a wide selection. She would answer yes or no questions. But again, I really like... Okay, well, this one's a little shady. But the, the, it wasn't like... Again, they were like trying... They were not... Ter- the, get, these animals not were not getting whipped him. and stuff like yeah, that. Not, yeah. So Priscilla was such a hit that she went on the road to fairs, feed stores, and EV, even TV to spread whatever the hell her message was. People would jam a feed store to get a look at her. Fuck yeah. Priscilla had a... Oh my God. Are you going down to the feed store to see the pig? Dude, I'm in love. They could turn on a TV? Dude, I'm in love. And comb my hair? <laughs> yeah, Priscilla's doing my taxes. Priscilla, I need to leave my wife. I... Yeah, I can't do it a, anymore. That a... <laughs> That's good. Yeah, and she's just not understanding me. <laughs> yeah, well, oh boy, I should probably roll. You're getting violent. <laughs> Easy, girl. You got smoke coming out of that nose. Um, so she had a solid two-year run, but the truth was that multiple Priscillas were used. What the fuck? See, they needed to recast Priscilla every four months or so because the pigs are pigs, and they quickly became too large to ship to oh, stores right. to be Priscilla. So there's and multiple they, Priscillas. And then they ate them. I mean, I don't know that they definitely they ate, ate them. They ate Priscilla. Um, make, I, make no mistake about it. All the Priscillas were, were eaten. Mm, fastidious. Well, this tastes like a smart pig. Well, this was a fastidious meal. I bet that pig vacuumed. Mm. Um, so next came a calf called Laro Larry. I'm sorry, calf? Calf called Laro Larry. So named, the names are terrible. Named for Laro Feed, but it is a terrible name. Oh, so it's a sponsorship. Yes, he was, yeah, Laro Larry. <laughs> It is terrible. This one, but also it took me a minute to find out that Laro was a feed. So for a while, I was like, "The hell is what's Laro? Is he like a Marx brother?" Laro. Um, so he would play the same uh, yes or no question game uh, that Priscilla did, Uh, and he made his debut at the International Dairy Expo in Indiana for General Mills. Laro, 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 Larry also played a game that was called Bull in the China Shop, uh-huh. where he would destroy plates and dishes and other shatterables in an order that the crowd picked. Passing spectators who were not familiar with the show were said to be alarmed. <laughs> the fuck is happening in there? Oh, it's just a celebrity calf. You don't know Laro? Sorry, you guys don't know Laro? Oh, he's the Priscilla of the China shop. He can smash plates in order. Boy, I bet Priscilla's there to clean up after him. The hell are you boys talking about? Oh, my God. Who thought that up? It, it, all of it, yeah, it's just, I mean, it, honestly, they were just, they were like running out of stuff, right? Ducks played guitars. What? There was wait, some- <laughs> wait. You don't fuck, how do you just speed past ducks play guitars? You don't get to just ducks play guitar on to the next fucking thing. <laughs> Dude, we got pigs, you know, throwing stuff in their no, own hamper. ducks play guitars is the craziest thing you've said yet. A pig putting something in a hamper, the fucking duck is playing. Is he actually playing it well? No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's playing, he's playing, yeah. This one's called Hotel California. 
No, he's just like he's got like a guitar strap to him and is like able to do motions that like you know they probably play like a guitar no, he's sound. He's doing it with his beak. He's just got to be hitting it with his beak. Yeah, yeah. He's not pl- using his arms. But the ducks have arms. hands. Which one has hands? It dem- you just made it sound like oh, we duck. have hands. Okay. Uh, there was some weird soccer football game that people could play against a turkey. Uh, now this I'm down with. The turkey was placed on a mini playing field where it had a steel ball and a goal. The turkey is trained to get the steel ball into the goal while an audience member or two would use a long pole with a magnet on it to try to move the steel ball away from the turkey into their goal. That doesn't sound, this doesn't sound fun. It sounds actually annoying. That game would have to be, I mean, the most annoying. <laughs> yeah, no. What about a game called Kill Me? Where we start and I take out a gun and I shoot myself. Where a dog kills me. How about, a, how about a game where a dog shoots me in the head? You know one of those? They had animals playing poker, three-card Monty, I've seen, I've performing seen high jumps and I've feats seen of strength. i by the way. No, I think it's a different one. Uh, hens played a game called the Civilian Aircraft Spotter, <laughs> where they would control their neck all the way around to make it look like they were looking everywhere. This was also called atom bomb neurosis. What I think, like because of the era, like they like the, basically it would yeah. turn its head all around. But the names are it's so but dark. Now they're just now they, they're, it's just a fucking bird that can turn his head around. It, <laughs> it's not a fucking nuke looker or whatever the fuck is happening. They were always working with rats, hamsters, guinea pigs, squirrels, horses, cats, dogs, and crows. Oh, and they had raccoons playing basketball. Uh, and and groundhogs celebrating Groundhog Day. Hold on, mm-hmm. I would watch a raccoon basketball league. Yeah, well, it's not so much of a league, but yeah. The RBL? The RBL? Yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> Officials are terrible! He's traveling! <laughs> oh no, he's killing him! They're just eating garbage again! <laughs> is there a ball? <laughs> what is this? Um, you, uh, Groundhog celebrating Groundhog Day, and uh, there was a rabbit who would take a photo of the customer and itself which I would think is the first selfie, and it, it was a rabbit. So there's rabbit. So it's shooting, it's shooting a picture, and then turning the camera around and Mm-mm. taking a picture of itself. No, it's like it's in frame. Oh, and it's you, getting a shot of itself and you together. So you come into its frame, and then it takes the picture with a, a button that it hits. Yeah. So it's a what kind of animal is it? A bunny, a rabbit. Um, I mean that's actually fucking great. Yeah, that one and is that pretty should crazy. Still be happening. Uh, there was, of course, there should, there should be rabbits all over the city. No, with phones. What? And whenever you go up to them, they take a selfie with you. Nobody's no. How can that not be a thing? Don't help. I, I bet it not, is. Are we not civilized? Has to be in Japan. Oh, has without, to be without a doubt. They'll be like, oh, you mean a rabbit photo cafe? You're like, what is it? Yeah, you get a coffee and then a rabbit takes a video of you. Yeah, welcome here. Welcome. Um, no, notice no one is doing anything with cats. Yes. Because cats don't fucking play that. And the cats don't play that. There was, of course, the hen that shot a fake gun into a fake bottle that appe- it appeared to knock over. I gotta go. There was an ad campaign for a paper where a moose and chicken were running the paper. Wait, what? All of this behavior was done. There was the commercial campaign where a moose and chicken were in charge of, like, a okay. newspaper. Okay. And people liked it. Yep. Um, no matter what it was, they were always. Uh, it was always done using Skinner's theory of rewarding repeated behavior. They were mo- motivated by learning a simple task that would result in a reward, a reward, and they wanted a reward. For instance, the raccoon playing basketball, he would shoot the amount of baskets someone in the audience picked. So if someone in the audience said they wanted the raccoon to shoot five baskets, he would make one basket, wait for a treat. If he didn't get it, he would make another basket, wait for a treat until he got to five and got a treat, and then he would stop. Uh, they claim wow. they could train hundreds of animals a day by using uh, this lever reward system. Hundreds, hundreds of animals a day. I mean, even more. Like they said, once they trained them, it was that's it. it. Yeah, it was it. Um, 
They needed little human interference once the basics were handled. They even made the front page of the Wall Street Journal, which featured the Breland's dog, Putty, playing poker, somersaulting, and even balancing his four legs on four legs of an upside-down table for several minutes. I mean... Is that on video? <laughs> yeah, I, I there's a picture of it. I I've, I'll try to find How it. How is it, that not? It's on TV all the time. It's crazy because the dog looks okay. Like he like, looks like, like calm. Calm, not like not like, okay. He look, but he doesn't look like he's, he's like, like, hey, this is the what the how did this even start? Like a normal dog, he'd be like, what? What's yeah. happening? Trap, trap, uh, trap, uh, trap. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, but they've got him on. But his legs are like spread out. It's pretty weird. Um, they also invented a mechanized coin-operated animal show. Now, <laughs> these were basically games with real chickens that were put inside of a box on a street. More specifically, in fair parks, expositions, and malls where people could play them. So the chickens would be placed in what were called show cages, which they said were air-conditioned, for up to six hours a day. Two chickens would perform. They would take turns performing. When someone would put a a coin in, a game would start, and the chickens would play you in a game like cards or something fairly small in scope. What the fuck is happening? What is happening right now? Or you'd watch them display a talent of some kind. So there's just chicken torture boxes all over the street, and you give them money, and then they have to (laughs) fucking dance? You put a coin in, and the chicken is just like, ah, all right, I fold. And you're like, whoa! (laughs) Whoa! And these are just all, these are just randomly placed around... At their peak, they had 400 units in what operation all happening? across the country. What does that even mean? <laughs> that that every state had a few. What? Well, I mean... Yeah. There's just chicken boxes where there's chickens Chick- inside and yeah. you do shit if you And they'd them- be like... Yeah, they'd be like... Yeah, it would be like a fair game or like whatever they would it's just... It's like early Pac-Man, but with chickens. Yes, it was. It was... <laughs> And without ghosts. Well, but actually, they would. They had replacement. Um, they had replacement animals and equipment on the ready to send anyone who needed a replacement. Which, well, because they die in there. Yeah, it's kind of that, that's one of the sad things about the game. Like when you're playing Pac-Man and Pac-Man dies, you get a new well, one. Then you get a new Pac-Man. No, but, but you get a new chicken. No, no, no. But you get a new chicken. You get a new chicken. When you play, there chicken? were two. Yeah, but it takes a while. Yeah, but you look. I mean, sure, there are some days where both probably croaked. Hey, I put a corner in here and the chicken died. Hey, that's just the guy's hand with an oven mitt on it. That ain't no chicken. Oh, shit. Uh, sorry, guys. We got two on the way. Chickens will be here tomorrow. Um, they had great success training cats. What? Like the one that they trained for the Quaker Oats in the Puss in Boots campaign. What in the fuck is They used that? lots of cats. They would train them in Arkansas and then they would take them on location. Talk to me about training cats. Now. In 1965, Bob Bailey had finished his work with the Navy and joined the team at the IQ Zoo. So he was the dude who was working with uh, Tuffy before. Are we done with the cats? So uh, he, don't worry. He had met Keller and Marion when he was working at the Navy. Keller helped Bob with dolphin training techniques based off of how he trained chickens. Bob found Keller's insight very, very helpful and was really taken with their uh, system. Sadly, Keller died of a heart of heart disease in 1966, and soon after it, Bob and Marion were running the show at the IQ Zoo. Bob was placed in charge of the ABE's programs for the Department of Defense and all the marine mammal programs. He developed unique equipment for dolphin and other animal navigation, as well as animal communication devices using lasers, supersonic generators, sure. and radio transceivers suitable to potentially be implanted in an animal. But sure. that's crazy talk. And slingshots. And slingshots. And that's it. Um, Hammer and and he taught he taught dolphins how to do a dice clay and smoke cigarettes. And that's why they all talk like that now. Oh, 
Yo, this fish is gross. Do you hear a dolphin? Oh, hey, oh. The more the government learned about the IQ Zoo and the ABE, the more they saw potential. The timing of all of it was certainly at play. This was deep in the Cold War era, and the U.S. was dead set on not turning commie. That's right. This made the battle for information on the enemy so pined after that they would go to extreme lengths to get the smallest detail. The CIA was very interested in getting some help with the war on information gathering. Quote, They came to us to solve problems, Bailey said. What this started was a fairly substantial, substantial relationship with Bob and the zoo to convert cute animal acts into important info-gathering patriots for the government. Hey, uh, so what we're looking for is like a, uh, like a chicken infiltration army. Oh, yeah, I mean, the chickens like, can play poker. The thing over there is the Russians don't know if a chicken's an American chicken or if it's No, a that's the chicken. thing, and these chickens don't have accents. And again, they can play cards, they can play the guitars... Yeah. Um, if you want to get turkeys, they can play soccer against them. Yeah. Um, I so, you like know, a, we also need assassin chickens. Oh, yeah. No, we have we have actually one that uh, that shoots a fake gun at bottles. So he'll be great. Yeah. He'll be great. As long as you can shoot the fake gun. Yeah, he'll be great. Yeah, we could just replace it with a real gun. Uh, you got any that uh, stay over at my place? The dolphins. Okay. The dolphins are really weird. Okay. The dolphins drink a lot and party. So it's like a freak show situation. The dolphins are crazy. The yeah. dolphins have gone crazy. All they right. all smoke. They're they're uh, they're like Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> you don't know him yet. Um, oh! Oh! He smokes through the blowhole. <laughs> oh! Through the back of his head, just blows it out his mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh! So they started with birds. Bob liked training birds. He was able to make macaw parrots roller skate. But the CIA wanted to start with a different bird. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, he, they don't need to. He taught them. They're, they have flight. They're the last animal that needs to roller skate is a talking bird. Well, and it, all it's saying is like, why? 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 I, I can't get off the ground. Please stop. Fuck Please the stop. the 70s. Fuck the 70s. Rock, not a fan. Um, so they started with ravens. The CIA immediately began working with Bailey and Ravens. Bailey loved Ravens and what they could do in the field form. Quote, who, who doesn't? It, quote, it operates alone, and it does very well alone. Mm. Western Ravens are adept at pattern recognition. Fuck they yeah. could learn to respond to a class of objects. They could learn to respond to class of objects. If you've got a big desk and a little desk, you could train it to always go to the small one. They can also carry quite a load. These things could pick up weights, heavy packages, even file folders. It was incredible to watch these ravens carry a load in their beaks that they would have de- that would have defeated any ordinary bird. <laughs> Jesus Christ! He's, nobody has ever been more fired up about ravens, and I am including the NFL team. The the guy, but listen what he says. It operates alone, and it does very well alone. <laughs> He don't need no friends. Raven the don't raven want... can lift heavy shit and doesn't want to know anybody. And the raven's like, I actually love being around. Other... I actually like love that. to. How do you think we help? make other ravens? We uh, that's part of being around ravens. So so uh, so he said that uh, they could also be trained to open drawers and sure. stuff like that in offices. Peck out a guy's eyes. Peck out the eyes. Obviously a big player in this Russian, one. Russian eyes. Yeah. Um, they were used to drop listening devices in specific locations. Bailey even claims he snuck a raven onto a commercial flight for some reason. Sure. Quote. I mean, but we've all done that. Quote. It was in a map case under the front seat. And every now and the ra- ne- then the raven would make a noise. He imitates a strange deep groan. <laughs> and I'd be in my seat and I'd go like this. He'd squirm. 
Oh my god, he's faking. He's farting. Oh, uh, I don't. I don't even think he's doing that. I think no, he's just he's faking. He's farting. Is that what it means? Yes, that's what it means. I'd be in my seat and go like this. He's so squirming. Yeah, he's pretending like he's farting to cover up the fucking Dude, bird not, under wait, his seat. It's not like the household dog. Excuse me, do you have a bird under your seat or did you eat beans? I'm, uh, I have food poisoning and that's just a map in there. Um, okay, so Bob clearly liked the work, but ravens were one thing. Sure, ravens could pick up physical objects or, do- or documents. Oh, yeah. But what the CIA couldn't do was gather information from a conversation of persons of interest at the drop of a hat. Here come the cats. So the Soviets were adept at saying the wrong thing, were adept at not saying the wrong thing when they knew they were being spied on. It wasn't like there were just Soviets chatting about nuclear secrets on the street in America anywhere. No. Stuff like that would happen in America if it was in a Soviet embassy. Sadly, a person could never sneak in there without being detected. But an animal could. Fuck yeah. Why is there so many cats? What these deal with cats? We have nine, 19 cats. Well, Derry, as... How fucking dare you? How dare you? Uh, that brings us to Project Acoustic Kitty. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The idea was as simple as it was complex. The proposal was to turn a living cat into a listening device. Oh, wait, I thought they were going to do an acoustic set. <laughs> this is uh, off our first album. Um, we're just gonna kind of tell some stories, I guess, and then play some of our hits. Hope you guys like folk music. All right, two, three, four. Uh, so it was a cat bug, right? So the idea came. I like how Jose walked out of the room as soon he left yeah. as soon as this got talked about. Yeah. He's, He's like, familiar. This is bullshit. The proposal, we all know this story. The proposal was to turn a cat into a listening device. Fuck yeah. Uh, so the, the way they came up with it was that one day, a higher up at the CIA was watching an Asian head of state for surveillance when he noticed that cats were wandering in and out of the meeting area. Nobody really seemed worried about what the cats were doing. They would carry on as usual when a cat laid near the scene. Nobody seemed to give a shit about these cats. What the fuck? Light bulb. Now, this idea was a little crazy, Dave. For st- well, it, you know, it's already crazy because there's cats cruising around in an embassy. For starters, it would require a good amount of training. Right. And they would need a way to steer the cat. Plus, to make sure it could record things, some surgery would be required. Well, because you have to steer it. But if they could get a cat to lay down near an important back and forth, sure. why, it could be the turning point of the Cold War. Let me just say, having had a lot of experience with cats, there's mm-hmm. nothing easier than training a cat. Very easy to do. Now, to your point, there was some worry that cats might be too wild to follow orders, but what? Bailey swore they would be just as good as dogs and less suspect because of their size and aloofness. Thank you. Which, if anyone's seen the play cats, you know that's true. They are very light on their feet. Nobody's seen the play cats. Oh, come on. Mad- Jellicle cats? Mistopheles? What's happening right now? Rum Tum Tigger? You've seen it? <clears throat> Let me know more questions. <laughs> I'm the one doing the talking here, okay, buddy? This is a reverse one. This is a roll-up. Uh, Bailey knew that he could train it because of what he'd seen at the IQ Zoo. If a duck could play a banjo, then a cat could walk into a designated area. And you know what? I've always said that. That's one of my favorite sayings. That, you have that bumper sticker on your yeah. car. Quote, we found that we could condition a cat to listen to voices, Bailey said. We have no idea how we did it, but we found that the cat would more and more listen to people's voices and listen less to other things. Bailey got to work with one of the inventors of the human cochlear implant with the goal of turning the cat into a transmitter. A wire would run from the cat's inner ear to a battery and instrument cluster implanted in its rib cage. 
The implants would be used to direct the cat. So a sound in the left ear would make the cat go left and vice versa. Jesus Christ. The CIA worked with audio contractors who built a three-quarter inch transmitter that would be placed at the base of the cat's skull. A little microphone would be put in the cat's ear also. There was also thin wired antenna that was woven together nope. with all the wires that ran all the way through the tail because the fur was long nope. to conceal it. Shut the fuck up. So to be clear, this is all placed under the cat's skin and ah! then stitched up again. I just want to make sure we're clear because you can't have it like outside of its body. The ear implants weren't. The ear implants were in the ear and then were like, you know, they... Right, the ear implants isn't a big deal. Right, but... The, but the, the, the fucking antenna under the... Antenna, is, yeah. Hey, this hurts. Yeah, it hurts very badly, I'm sure. Uh, so, um, the, he's, they, the batteries were an issue, too. That's because weird. the cats were small. I mean, well, I they, like wait, the battery. <laughs> how, how was there not a... Well, because cats have a battery pack. Jose, yeah. Come here, you got a battery pack, Jose, right? Jose, where, where did we put your double A's, baby? Um... <laughs> So the, since the cats were small, they would have to go with the smallest battery made, which in turn meant that there wouldn't be too much time for dilly-dallying when it was time to record an important conversation. So where are they putting the battery? Right in the butthole? The battery goes right in the butthole. Yep. yep. You've read this before. Um, no, I mean, I think it's just, you know, it's all, like, essentially they they find a little, like, a, an area where they kind of put it all together. So, I mean, it's, you know, they okay. have, like, yeah, I mean, it's like got a transmitter, you know what I mean? Well, they're creating a fucking cyborg cat. So, um, after the agency discussed the potential fallout if the public ever found out about this, Project Acoustic <laughs> Kitty was given the green light Wait, to wire up their first kitty spy. So they're worried in, this is the 60s? Yes. They're worried if people found out that they put, they, they turn a cat into a listening device that people would be upset? Yeah. Because it's a cat? I think for many is, reasons. This is right around. Just, I think it checks a couple weird boxes. we will be beating black people at Selma. <laughs> So, so I'm not sure. Well, I guess you could say that's why they went ahead with it. They were like, <laughs> you know, someone made that point. They're like, good point, Carl. Let's just do it. Wire it up. Um, the surgery was not going to be easy uh, for the cat could not be suspected of anything, Dave. You know, nothing could affect any of the cat's natural movements or worse, make it uncomfortable. Imagine the scene where a cat tries to spy on some people, but it's preoccupied with the wires jammed near its spine. It could start <laughs> acting strange and raise suspicion. Or perhaps, Dave, it could even begin clawing at the device jammed in it and remove the equipment, revealing the mission to their foes right there. All the equipment oh. would have to withstand the cat's internal temperature as well. What about not doing it? It's also an option. It's a huge option. It's in my also book. an option. Acoustic Kitty goes electric. Um, one lucky cat was the winner of the CIA feline spy I feel like lottery. Winner is not a good. Uh, uh, oh, this cat won term. big. This cat won big. Okay. An adult gray and white female cat. A small crowd of agents and techs who worked on the project watched the vet perform the equipment installation. It must have been beautiful. One man was nauseous at the first sight of blood that came out of the cat and had to sit down to regain his composure. What a chicken shit. Rookie, right? Yeah. You're with the fucking CIA. He's such a chicken, he should be playing a piano. <sighs> Come on. Stick with me. Come on. It's going to get better. Sorry. Uh, after the cat woke up from the successful surgery, she was placed into recovery to be monitored and evaluated. She was run through several spy CIS scenarios. After the surgery, they found that the cat's behavior was inconsistent, and they began to fear they couldn't make the program succeed. If she got bored, she would walk off. I can't believe that there's a cat whose behavior is inconsistent. It's pretty weird. You didn't see this coming. If she was hungry, she was preoccupied with getting food. What a fucking asshole. Bob could solve everything but the hunger factor. <laughs> now, I'm not sure what this means. 
or how they solved it, but they opted for another surgery which addressed oh. the hunger of the feeling. Oh, come on. What what does that mean? I don't know. But that it means they put something in its stomach to fill it up, like a balloon or something, to make it seem like its stomach was always full. It's making a sacrifice for its country. It doesn't have a country. It's a cat. It's a patriot. It's a catch. It's no, a catriot. It's, it's a catriot. It's a catriot. Cats have no borders. Come on. Cats are a no border animal. Come on. Okay. After the hunger was fixed, it was time for Agent Cat to get into the field and change animal spy technology forever. Disagree. One way or another, the CIA parked a van. Obvious. Well, that's what they do. That's uh, this is before it was like a stereotype. <laughs> I mean, they've actually, like, parked in so many vans at this point, it might be like, people will be like, oh, no way, CIA would never do vans. The two, you know, now it might be, like, smart to do vans again. Um, So the CIA parked a van across the street from uh, a park near the Soviet embassy on Wisconsin Avenue in in D.C. for their Virgin mission. There were some Soviet targets sitting down to have a chat. Once the Soviet men seemed settled, it was time to send in their four-legged Jason Bourne. The CIA opened the van. And released the cat. And it got hit by They began car. controlling its movements as it made its way across the street. So this worked. They're actually they're actually making it move. It's They're sending it in a direction. Yes. But unfortunately, the mission ended there as the cat was immediately car. run over by a taxi God and killed. God damn it. How did I know that was going to happen? Probably because, because it's obvious. Because it's a cat. <laughs> and with that project... You know, you know how it wouldn't have got hit by a car? Uh, they let it fucking do what it needed to do. Also, don't make it cross the street. They made it cross a, like, just go, I mean. Okay. It's not a great, it wasn't a great plan. Yeah. Have a guy oh. walk it down the street and then just, like, toss it in there. Stupid and, cat. And this is the only cyborg cat they have, right? This was it. Okay, this was the end of Project Acoustic That's Kitty. it? That's it. Just like its first yeah, agent, they're, they're it was no more. It up. No, the CIA pulled the plug. While How did ag- they pull the plug? While acknowledging. Drop it off on the sidewalk. While acknowledging, I, look. Look, there were a lot of complications. Put it in the fucking park. While acknowledging... Start it in the park. Well, well they Put can't... Put it in a fucking tree. You can't be obvious. Anywhere, no. but on the other side of the street. Well, I agree with a lot of what you're pitching. Uh, while acknowledging the cats can, quote, indeed be trained to move short distances, the CIA concluded that, quote, the program would not lend itself in practical sense to our highly specialized needs. Victor Marchetti, a former assistant to the director of the CIA at the time, remembers the project in more honest terms. Quote, they slit the cat open, put batteries in him, wired him up, Marchetti said. They made a monstrosity. <laughs> oh, I'm a big fan of that guy. Uh, and it wasn't cheap imagine either. Imagine the guy who saw the cat get run over and then was like, what the fuck is inside that Oh my cat? God, robot cats. All cats are robots. I get off the streets. They're here! I told you! They're going to take our women! Um, It wasn't cheap either. After repeated surgeries and training and equipment and research, the price tag was somewhere in the area of $20 million. Oh my god! What? I do not know. $20 million and one dead robo-cat was all they had to show for it. What? Yeah. What? I love that. Um, and despite the failure, love. Can I just say something? Yes, worth it. Worth it. Definitely worth Every it. Every penny. Now you know to not do it. It's a Twenty million dollar oh, lesson great. that you'll never forget. Yeah. Uh, despite the failure, love remained in the air at the animal farm because after teaching animals together for over a decade, Marion and Bob were married. Aww. The ABE closed in nineteen ninety. Married by a pig. Married by <laughs> by a, a horse who was a registered priest. <laughs> he just like he, if you take her to be your wife, clock your heel twice. Um, the ABE closed in 1990. In 1996, they opened the Bailey and Operant Conditioning Workshops, which provided training to animal trainers and psychologists. Marion passed away in 2001. Aww. 
But the U.S. No. is still into new ways of using other creatures to their advantage, Dave. Oh, uh, yeah. DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, has been trying to crack a way to create insect cyborgs for a while. Oh, uh, yeah. And they were coming up short. They had tried to build tiny flying robots, but they were either too heavy with equipment or they had too little equipment on to not be worth the endeavor. I don't like this. They made a nano hummingbird with a 6.5-inch wingspan, but it could only fly for 11 minutes, proving to be fairly worthless. So frustrated, they took the conundrum publicly and asked scientists to submit, quote, innovative proposals for how to control insects. They included a pamphlet with their goals. The desire for it was obvious. In nature, there were already tiny things that were flying. Surely it would be easier to robot up a bug over make a robot bug with far less upside. Oh, God. <laughs> like I how you just oh. put your glasses on oh. and then took them off to rub your nose again. I know this is going with yeah. the end of mankind. So insects provided half of the work already. Now they just had to cyborg them up. As the pamphlet said, oh. it might be possible to transform insects into predictable devices that can be used for missions requiring unobtrusive entry into areas unaccess- yeah. inaccessible or hostile to humans. Fuck. DARPA wanted proposals on how to steer the insects and said they would fund ones they liked. Did I say when this was? This is like 2006. I don't know if I said that. Uh, this is like 2006. Okay. Um, <clears throat> they obviously needed control of their robot bugs, so they needed to be able to get uh, they needed to be able to get them within five feet of a target to record. So yes, obviously the insects would be fitted with microphones and small cameras. They said that if they added chemical sensors to them, they could find bombs or gases. Or if a threat comes to fruition, they could zoom around a site and find survivors with heat sensors. But honestly, as we both know, that probably wouldn't be all they would use. <laughs> Michael Maharbiz was an electrical engineer at UC Berkeley when he heard about the scientist uh, talent show and was excited by the idea. Of course he was. He knew nothing about insects, so he read up on etymology. Flies were too light, he thought. Moths yep. were too weak. Yep. But he did find one that he liked. A bee. The beetle. Fucking beetle. The beetles are tanks of the insect world. They could fly around with their hard shells and could surely carry some gear and take a beating. I tell you what, they're not a tank under my shoe. No. Okay. Well, Dave. I've sm- I've, there's beetles that come into my house and I don't. Okay. Well, <laughs> I make them. I make their lives over. I want to send a message to the other beetles. I don't understand. This isn't your, this isn't your fucking home, beetle. Uh, okay. All Plus, right. now I know they could be robots. <laughs> okay, all right. So, so you've I'm, proven your point. You're stronger I, than the Beatles. So what I'm doing is fighting a robot war. Tell Ringo and George. Um, the real issue was the control part. In order to actively control the Beetle, he would need to get into the nervous system and hijack its impulses. Okay, I gotta go. After some more research, he settled on the flower Beetle as his guinea pig. With good old-fashioned trial and error and tinkering... Scientists found that the base of the optic lobe was the spot. What the fuck? They found a place that, when stimulated, made the wings move, and another spot that made them stop. Electrical stimulus had given them some control over what the beetle would do. With that figured out, they were ready to wire one up. But first, he would have to, be an, he would have to get anesthesia. Come on. However... What? Not knowing where to put a needle, Wait. they opted for throwing the beetle in the freezer for five minutes. Why? Why do they need anesthesia? I, well, I think because they, you know, they're well because what they're about to do to him. Yeah, but they, it's a bug. Agreed, but I think you know. I mean, they're trying to be, I guess, humane. Yeah, but to uh, a beetle. Yeah, I, I get th- trying to be humane, I know, but you but, can't. But the yeah, I mean, well, look, it's less painful. But again, it's like yeah, but, but do beetles? You really, you really have splitting a hairs system. Like, can they feel? Beetles can feel, yeah. Bugs can feel, for sure. Not every animal has a nervous system. Not every animal, no, but a lot, you know, most, I mean, yeah. But really? A, so yeah. You're, you're absolutely 100% 
You're 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 right now claiming that beetles have a nervous system. That's what you're going with. Yeah. That yes. That that's for sure. That okay. That is for sure. All right. Yeah. Um. Uh. So they uh put in the freezer for five minutes. Put in the freezer for five minutes. Then they took it out, poked a needle through the exoskeleton, and then made holes over the brain. And then they put thin wire into said holes. Then they made holes in the basilar muscles, which work with the. How tiny is this guy's hands? I mean, honestly, the the, what they were using it's so small. Yeah, like it has to just be it's I, a microscope. Yeah, I mean, you little, need like to shrink tiny, a surgeon for this. They're using little tiny robot hands. Yeah, or else they're using beetle hands. So they, so they, yeah, they get another beetle to do it. He's like, <laughs> "You son of a sick son of a bitch, sick son of a bitch." Uh, they found race that by, trader. They found that by stimulating the right wing, they could increase its rate, and that the same with the left. So they also kind of wired stimulants on the uh, like the wing muscles. So they made it a faster beetle. So they well, what they've so far what they've done is they've made it so that they can get its wings to go, they can get its wings to stop, and they can get the right one to go faster, and they can get the left one to go faster. Jesus. So they Christ. stimulate whichever one. So does that mean they can turn it? That means they can turn it. What the fuck? Um, all of the wires would connect in a small box that they had to put on the beetle's back that they referred to as the backpack. Yeah. The backpack also contained a battery, a radio receiver, and a circuit board. And a TV. And a TV and a queen-size bed. It was a Holiday Inn. Uh, it was time for the rubber to meet the road, so they uploaded their Beetle software called Beetle Commander. I'm sorry? They uploaded their Beetle software called Beetle Commander. Is there an app? It's an app, yeah. You, so you do you can, not have Beetle Commander? Oh, it's the best. Okay. Oh, it's the best. It's like Uber, but the Beetle. Um, so they could send wireless signals to the RoboBug. He sent the signals, which went to the antenna, which then got sent to the circuit board, which then shot electricity through the wire into the lobe. The Beetle's wings began to flap, and it took flight. They controlled it perfectly. Whatever direction they wanted it to go, and it went. They even sent signal for it to stop flapping mid-flight, and the beetle stopped mid-flight Jesus. and fell to the ground. Well, that's fun. Yeah. He was like, why? Uh, no, you, don't worry about it. You're on anesthesia. And these beetles, they're big, though. Like some, be- you know, like some beetles are like... Oh, this is a big beetle. Oh, yeah. This is like has like a rhino horn on it, essentially. Uh, okay. So this, I, is, a, this is actually a tiny... called a flower beetle. So it's like a two-inch, three-inch beetle? Yeah. And there are some beetles that are up to like, you know, four sure. inches that are sure. insane. Um, in China, they have uh, made robot moths and honeybees. I'm sorry? They've made robot moths and honeybees. I've heard about the honeybees. Amit Lal, who once worked with DARPA, has been getting deep into it. Lal also once saw uh, a better way for outfitting the insects. Morphogen- morphogenesis is the process of changing from larvae into adults. Oh, I do that. Since you, yeah, I've seen you do that. You do that once. It, you do that biannually, I believe. Yeah, biannually. Yeah, uh, which might not be a callback anymore. Um, <laughs> since uh, uh, morphogenesis is the process of changing from larvae into adults, so this yeah. is like cocooning bugs, basically. Or you know. since since there's the cocoon phase, Lau thought that if the electronics were placed in the larva. That when they went through morphogenesis, the no. body could potentially shape around the electronic yeah, it can't gear. Can't be a part of this anymore. They gave it a whirl and this they is put like wires. Shit. They put wires in a larva hawk moth. What the fuck? When it was in its transformation phase, a week later they emerged from their shells, and sure enough, tissue had grown around the electronics now embedding that inside their body. Have, has nobody seen Star Trek? The, the Borg. Yeah, I mean, honestly, well, so the electronics are now inside of living tissue, and they can now control them. This is also found to be less painful for the insect which I'm like uh, how do you what, gather I mean, who gives a shit uh, well who's it, also I mean, yeah honestly. you can't register there's just no way hey does uh, it hurt yeah 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 I know. they all say yeah the same yeah, way they're not saying they're all anything. saying yeah the exact same yeah. way um so 
the procedure was so easy that they believed it could easily be done in mass production if necessary. What the fuck does that even... This would all be so embedded that it would be hard for us to even know. Right. That they could be out there now. I mean, we just have no idea. I'm not if, saying if that they are. If they're saying that they could be, they are. In 2011, the reward element in all of this got stepped up. As we said, Skinner would use food, as would Bob and Marion. But during training at the State University of New York, SUNY, researchers began working with rats. Now, they didn't use food or an auditory sound. They actually implanted a third wire to send an electrical pulse into the medial forebrain bundle, which is the section of the brain that processes pleasure. With food pellets, the rats would hit the pellet to get some food. Well, now they set up a way that the brain would actually get that stimulation without a real reward. So now they set up a lever that will just send the direct signal right into the medial forebrain bundle instead, and the rats went rat shit over it. Instead of the casual hits on the pedal in the Skinner box, the rats were now hit hitting it up to 200 times in 20 minutes for the brain reward. It's like an orgasm. It's rat meth. Yeah. It, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, it's probably like heroin. Yeah. Oh, wow. I actually want this in my brain. I can get that. <laughs> we got to do it when you're in your larva phase, though. Um, and that's really where it ends now. So, what? cyborg insect, rat robots. Oh, fuck. Man. I'm holding my breath for an acoustic Jose. Bob Bailey is still alive and not done yet. He should be done. He's been working with security agencies in Europe on training dogs via oh. acoustic signals oh, good. to perform any number of security tasks. Quote, there's nothing that can run upstairs like a dog, he says. It has a billion years of evolution behind it. What the fuck? So, have, have you seen Black Mirror? Oh, this is very Black Mirror, yeah. The last episode of Black Mirror this season? Oh, I didn't see that one. It's about, it's about robot bees. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's fucking great, and it's totally, you're like, oh, yeah, this could happen. Yeah, I, uh, the last season of it, I wasn't, I, I, there were a couple, and I was looking. Yeah, the, old, the lady one with, with the traveling through, the, the one that was dying and traveling through different times. Oh, yeah, that yeah, that like. was weird. But there, were, but there were some that I thought were great. Yeah, it's a great show, for well, sure. But, but it, it this is what it's based on and it's well, fucking real you can't yeah. what a, you can't fuck around with shit like this well the tr the truth is that like you there's yeah i i mean that that's like what what the more i was reading about it, the more that like what rubs me is also that the insect has no idea like the idea that you can be implanted with something and never actually know right like if it happens at, like it, you know it's like the matrix it's like if it happened at if it happened first you never know that you're actually like what is will versus what is predetermined, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, but like the idea that the, you know, just like, and even oh, yeah. that guy, that guy, uh, the guy who came up with the first one who wired the, the beetle, like he, he's like laughing off like the idea that there's any, you know, chance that this becomes anything terrible or anything oh, like what? that. Of course it, bec it but, becomes something terrible. Some, yeah. Someone uses it for evil. That's, well, that's the problem with this shit. Also, like we've been writing books about this forever, but man versus nature, man does not win. No, you don't get to control nature. I know you want to control nature, but you won't eventually be able to control. But so, again, nature. it's when you're trying to solve every problem. Right. Like when when you're able to devote, you know, time, like even when you're putting pigeons inside of a warhead, it's like you're. Why? What is the obsession with that having is, all? I'm for that one. I'm for that one too, obviously. But 
but you can't like sure it's crazy to be able to actually control a beetle and get it to drop out of the sky mid-flight but it's also like it's kind of like the phones it's like you need a little bit of control well but there but the thing i've read about these insects is they they eventually want to use them to assassinate people well that's the thing is that they're so yeah but the thing the beetle has a circuit board in it right like and and the the moth like or the bees they they are grown i mean it's just like what can't you do right you could so easily implant a little expo- like something you know into a into a bug or well, you just it just it just goes flies in and and yeah. and puts a dart in you and you're dead yeah. like that the fucking a, the korean guy or the russian the, guy the korean brother the dude who, who got Putin's killed poisoned by two twice. women who thought they were doing a prank yeah but the guy but the, also the dude who's gotten poisoned twice by putin he, right. he doesn't know he doesn't know when he got poisoned right of course not <laughs> how would like, you know because you'd like watching everything because you're like putin made all my organs shut down once <laughs> fool me once <laughs> oh look at this little bug yeah so Man versus nature nature always wins yeah, well, you know, at least they wired up that cat. So the reason game. they're doing the bees is because they're preparing for bees to die. Right. And then they're going to release me- mechanical bees, little bee armies of robots. For what advantage? To pollinate the plants. Oh, God. I mean, we're just... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I, you can honestly, see how that might um, be a problem. Yeah. 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 I'm, I, I'm, I'm done with robotics and animals. Yeah, let's the animal the animal farm stuff was like cute. It's just they got the acoustic kitty is where you're like, what the hell is happening? But it's just what you said. It always goes. It always then gets used for evil. Like of course the animal farm everything cute. All chickens in a box on the side of the road. You're playing. You're playing Pac Man chicken. Yeah. Next thing you know, a chicken's assassinating Fidel Castro. Yeah. Like it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they tried. You know, they tried to poison Castro's shellfish. They like actually poisoned like shellfish that he was. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, they also tried to blow him up with a cigar. Yeah, which is the funniest. I uh, just adorable. Yeah. Well, you got me. All righty. Here we go. We signed chickens. Roll up. Man, yeah. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth. You know from this. Uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, 
fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. 